Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. And this is episode number 18. We did it, guys. We have a guild bank. We got our 10th guild member. Uh, Shout out once again. I think we're just going to have to have a new segment in every uh, episode. It's just a shout out to Grizzly Khan because (laughs) it seems like every week he does something awesome for us. This this uh, is the Grizz shout out section of uh, of today's episode. Yeah, today's Grizzly shout out. uh, (laughs) he, He recruited our 10th guild member so that we can have a guild bank now. And he also twisted my arm into making us some. uh, guild tabards and getting some stuff going in Discord and really just kind of making sure that I'm staying on top of things and uh, doing the stuff that I'm supposed to be doing to to make all the stuff fun and all that. So uh, thank you, Grizz, for just uh, being a part of what we do and adding to everything. And uh, it's awesome to have you around, dude. Yeah, very much. He's been he's been awesome, awesome for the guild. And now that we've got ten members, we're basically just stampeding through Nern. It's yeah. uh, you know we're just. It's a stoon storm. Yeah. <laughs> Stoon Scoon Storm. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh and so really not a lot of announcements. We'll just move right on to the gold vendor. So this week on the gold vendor, oh by the way, if anyone doesn't know what the gold vendor is, uh it's a special vendor that appears in Cyrodiil every weekend at your home faction's uh home base. Um it's a Khajiit vendor that's like glowing with this uh bright uh, gold aura that's how you can spot her and she uh, just sells a random assortment of monster sets and gold jewelry uh, and every weekend it's different um, and it's a it's a good opportunity to spend some uh, alliance points if you don't if you have a whole bunch hoarded up and you don't have much that you really spend them on um, this can be a really good opportunity to to get something out of that um, so this week we have uh, blood spawn and swarm mother for the monster helms and those are both headpieces uh, and then for uh, the jewelry, we have uh, Jailer's Tenacity, Livewire, uh, Thunderbug, and Lich. Those are all rings. Um, and I think probably the most valuable one there is probably Lich. Uh, that's a really, really good Magicka sustain set. When you, uh, when you cast a Magicka ability when you're under 33% Magicka, uh, your Magicka recovery is increased by 1,000 for 20 seconds. And it has a, a one-minute long cooldown. Um, so it actually amounts to a whole lot of um, sustain over the course of a fight. Uh, and most most Magicka builds, if you are looking for a sustain solution, this one set will take care of it. It'll just freeze you up. You don't have to invest in sustain at all. You can just have Lich, uh, and that's all the sustain you need. So just do damage glyphs, damage mundus, you know, everything else. Kind of the original like Magicka sustain set, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's other great options now too, but this is still a really good one. And uh, a unique thing about Lich, com- as compared to other sustain sets, uh, is that it's back barable, meaning uh, you can you can have a back bar Lich weapon and have something different on your front bar, and Lich still has basically all of its functionality. Because when when you get that proc. Like you can be on the back bar, get that proc to get the increased uh, 1,000 Magicka recovery. And then when you swap to the front bar, that proc is still active, so you're still getting it the whole time. Uh, so a lot of people will put like a master uh, destru- destruction staff on the front bar, or, or maybe even have some sort of setup where there's a, like a different five-piece set is active on the front bar, uh, things like that. Especially now with like finding ways to work in mythic items, and like maybe if you want to have a mythic item and uh, a full monster set, this is like one of the sets that would allow you to do that because you could back bar this front bar a different five-piece set, and you know that would work. So yeah, Blitch, great set. 
Yeah, very good set. Pretty slim week on news. Things are kind of just calming down. We're just getting into this expansion. Uh, not a lot of new stuff coming out, but there are a few things. Uh, there was a uh, press release uh, titled Community Guides, Graymore, and Update 26 Special. Um, and basically what it is is just a collection of links to videos from various content creators. Um, and it's a lot of like basically beginner guides. So it's like a, a guide for getting started with antiquities or a, uh, just a, like a brand new beginner guide if it's the first time you've ever played ESO uh, or things like that. One interesting thing I saw was uh, there's a role-playing guide on there, which that's not... I know people role-play in this game, but I never really thought of it as being something that you would need a guide for. But I guess <laughs> it does make sense, you know, like the, those communities do have kind of um, ways of doing things. And if you don't know what how how to how to act right, how to be right, then you can kind of um, sort of make a fool of yourself, you know, and uh, they, they won't kind of accept you into to whatever they're doing there. I'm not a big role play expert, but I've just, I've seen people talk about it and discuss it. And uh, so there are, there is like etiquette that you need to follow. Um, so that's pretty interesting. A lot of build videos as well. It's just a really cool article. If you're fairly new to the game or if you have a friend that um, is new to the game, this one article just has like a really huge collection of, uh, of just really cool videos that are great for, for new players. So I'll put a link to that in the description if anyone is interested in that. Uh, another yeah. thing on the, on the, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think this is a really good idea. I think that's, it's them, you know, the, them being smart, they're recognizing with this expansion, the Skyrim theme, you know, there's going to be, there's a lot of new players right now. So I thought, I just I just thought this was really kind of cool, smart thing for them to do. Yeah. The, the Skyrim expansion is definitely bringing in some new players. Also, uh, this is the next kind of thing we're going to talk about is that ESO is on sale right now uh, up to 60% off. So if you buy it like directly from ElderScrollsOnline.com, it's like $8 right now. Um, so yeah, that with combined with this expansion um, that just came out, I think there are a lot of new players. And that's probably very much uh, a reason why they, they put that article up there. Um, this other thing isn't really news, but it's uh, just something that I thought it's worth mentioning. It's a developer statement on um, this bug that maybe you've encountered where uh, it's it's with antiquities when you're uh, at an excavation site and you're you're excavating something, uh, and then the screen will just suddenly start twisting and tilting wildly. <laughs> uh, it's totally disorienting. It honestly makes me nauseous. It has made me misclick. Yeah. Uh, like more than once where I actually like fail the excavation. I have, that's what I was going to say. I'm surprised. I am, I'm still surprised how many times this has caused me to click the wrong spot. Yeah. Uh, and so there's no real explanation in the game. And uh, I was thinking maybe, well, maybe it's by design. Like they're trying to add a, an element of randomness or something. I, I don't know. Uh, but it turns out that's not the case. There's a developer statement on one of, one of the forum discussions about this, basically saying this is not intended, totally a bug. And if it happens to you, you should type slash bug into the chat uh, and report it. Uh, and they're, they're working on getting that figured out. So. And that's pretty much it for news. Like I said, a really quiet news week. People are just digging into the expansion, um, you know, uh, playing through the story and getting these new builds figured out and stuff. Uh, and things are kind of quiet on the news front at the moment. So why don't we just get right into what we've been doing in the Elder Scrolls Online here lately. Uh, Davius, why don't you kick us off, man? What have you been doing this week? 
So kind of as you were just saying, you know, players are kind of really diving into the um, the story and the quest of this new expansion. News is kind of dying down. Uh, I actually completely finished uh, not only the Greymore quest, uh, finished it up this week, but I actually finished up the entire zone. So I did all the quests, um, everything, uh, except for uh, completing all the Harrow Storms. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second, but... Uh, uh, just kind of initial reactions, you know, I'm not going to give away any spoilers or anything like that, but uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, you know, we've we've said surprise, surprise. Times. Davis yeah. enjoyed the, the <laughs> Nord experience. Davis enjoyed the Nord experience. Uh, but, you know, we said for, uh, you know, we've said for multiple episodes now just how how the PVE side and the quests and the zones have really just stepped it up the last couple patches and, and uh, expansions. Um, and I just really, you know, finishing it all up, it's just, this was really just a continue of that same story. They're just, they've really kind of feel like they've hit a groove where they, they understand what they're doing. Um, they had new creative uh, aspects, you know, new unique uh, style quests and things like that. Uh, I had a lot of fun and I, and I was, um, I was happy that I didn't do it, you know, I didn't finish it super quick. I actually kind of took my time with it, uh, you know, read the dialogue, went through it. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I, I'm excited to um, see what the next kind of patch expansion is going to be, where this is kind of leading. Are you excited um, to do it all six or seven more times oh, with yeah. all your other Nord characters? <laughs> ready, ready, ready enough the next the next Davius Nord character uh, yeah. to, to do it all over again. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, so you hey, you've one hundred percented Graymore and Blackreach both. Yes. Wow, that that's um, impressive. Now, <laughs> now I will say this: like I said, I haven't done the Harrow Storms, and uh, that's because these are tricky. So, to my knowledge, uh, these are kind of a random spawn. So there's, um, I think there's fifteen fifteen spots they can spawn. I might be wrong on that Whoa. number, but wow, uh, I didn't realize it was that many. There's a, there's a lot of them, and so the and it's a random spawn. So really, what you're depending on is kind of zone chat to kind of call out where they are. And even when zone chat is calling out where they are, they're usually a, a little bit of a trek between the waypoints. So you kind of have to get there in time. Sometimes you miss it, and so uh, there's a couple of them that are a little tricky to get to that I haven't uh, I haven't farmed or got there in time. Yeah, it's surprising uh, that they didn't borrow the the way the dragons work. Like they, it seems like they could have incorporated a similar kind of thing from the the elsewhere dragons. Like there's an indicator on the map of where the dragon uh, event is happening. You can even see like the status of the fight based on the dragon's icon. You can tell if you know yep. maybe you don't want to waste your time traveling over there because it looks like it'll probably be dead by the time you get there anyway. Yep. But there's really nothing like that for these, and it's weird because they've already it seems like they've already done the hard work of. Pu- putting a system like that together and now they're just not using it. Yeah, that's a really good point because that, that moving icon of the dragon on the map was a really kind of cool new feature. And they, I agree with you. It seems like they easily could have done this. Um, the only thing I will say is that, you know, obviously these don't move. And so it seems like they went a little bit more dark anchor, but there's just so many of these that, um, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and Blackreach makes it tricky, too, because, you know, sometimes sometimes they're down in Blackreach, sometimes they're up top in Greymore, which makes it a little trickier to figure out what's going on as well. Uh, I do like them. They are a so, they're so much fun. Uh, they're very, very difficult. A lot going on. So many ads. Um, 
it's yeah it's, i've done a few this past week and they're they're crazy they're they're quite an experience i kind of <laughs> wish really the, i kind of wish the rewards were just a little bit more i feel like i feel like the rewards are just a little lackluster yeah like if they could bump those up and just make it a little easier to get to these things and figure out where they're happening you know they could be really cool really fun. yeah I, I 100% agree with that. I will say the one thing I really like about them is with all the ads and all the stuff going on and the witches' pikes and the bosses being summoned, uh, more so than even you know even dark anchors and then even dragons. With these more so, I feel like I can actually every time I've done one, I feel like I make a legit difference on the hero storm. Like I'm killing uh, certain ads. Like I'm actually making a difference in this thing. You know, you go do a dark anchor now, and if there's other people there. Uh, you'll even see it sometimes. People are just kind of sitting and watching it and just kind of for experience. They're not really doing anything. Uh, and dragons a little bit, you know, sometimes you can deal some da damage with dragons. But uh, that's one of the things I really like about these kind of a, a little subtle gem to them is that, you know, you can, you actually, every time I've been in one, you're actually taking down the ads or you're pick, you know, I'll pick a certain sub boss and, and take it out. So it's kind yeah, of there's cool like so many different things going on. You can just kind of pick a thing and just say like, okay, I'm going to go take care of that situation over there. It looks like no one else is handling that and, yeah. and kind of take, take responsibility of certain things that are happening. Yeah. But I've, I've been really excited about it. I mean, obviously surprise, surprise, but uh, the Nord expansion, the Nord expansion, da uh, Davies approved. <laughs> I got the the Davia Star Jumper, Never Ending Nord, Seal of Approval. <laughs> seal of Approval. <laughs> uh, cool. um, well, uh, yeah. What else? So uh, this one, this one's kind of a big one, and this one's going to come as a surprise to you. I feel like I've been holding this one back from you a little bit this week. Uh oh. Okay. So coming. So I've been uh, I've been on Davius a lot, working with him. You know, we've talked about this possible switching his build up a little bit. Um, yeah, and you've had him locked in for quite a while, so I'm yeah, really he's been curious. he's been locked in a long time with the you know with the unique setup I've spoken on in the past with the Cold Harbor's favorite setup, um, but you know it's been a while, so just really just for the sake of change, you know we've talked about it in this new Winter's Respite set. Um, I kind of had an idea of maybe working the Mythic item Bloodlord's Embrace, uh, uh -huh. keeping the Cold Harbor's favorite, and maybe swapping out. Uh, he's got the Shulk set that gives him the ultimate build. Swapping that out for Winter's uh, Respite to get kind of another AOE heal. Um, so I was kind of tinkering with this, you know, doing the full Greymore Zone. I have a just massive amount of Winter's Respite pieces now. Uh -huh. um, but I put it on there, kind of tested it out, and immediately when I did this, so it the set procced, and it, you know, it throws this frost thing out on the ground. And immediately what came into my mind is I said, this belongs on a Mag Warden. <laughs> yeah. I just immediately so I I'm going to be making a mag warden and I'm, uh, and I'm going to be yes. putting this on it. Um, I've been trying to get you to make a mag warden for so long. So I just long. know you're going to love it. Yes. So my mag warden setup is probably going to, and this is where it gets even more surprising. Probably is probably going to steal uh, some of the pieces from Davius. So my mag warden is going to be you know be a support uh, heal type healing type character. So I'm thinking I'll probably take the Shulks and uh, the Winter's Respite. Uh, at least that's kind of the base of that idea uh, and kind of make it a heal support type uh, build. Yeah. Uh, but this probably means that Davius might be switching from a uh, support character to a DPS. <laughs> what? I, I don't know. believe what I'm hearing. <laughs> I know it. 
Uh, <laughs> I have been toying with some build ideas this week of changing. He's getting kind of a massive overhaul. And here's here's really where it's coming from. So Davius's build, you know, as we spoke in the past, is 100% heals. He does not do damage. He yeah. only does healing. It's 100% absolute, heals. Absolute pacifist, this guy. Pacifist. Absolute. Um, so... But the you know he's he's my original character you know probably my overall favorite character, um, but I've noticed that I just you know I'm just not doing I'm just not I just don't enjoy PvP with him as much because he was built so perfectly for kind of group battlegrounds, and without yeah. that he's just uh, he's just not very effective you know solo battle queue, battleground queues with him don't really work anymore. Um, and uh, you really do need an like a coordinated group for that build to really shine and and it truly shines in that situation yeah it does it's great in those situations but you like you said it's a court you need coordination and in imperial city he doesn't really work because in imperial city you really need everybody dealing damage just to kind of help with the mobs yeah uh and so that's kind of the other area we do um and so that's kind of what kind of sparked this change is I'd like to play with him more, but his build right now currently isn't very effective. So uh, kind of what I'm toying with here is kind of going all in on the jabs. And uh-huh. so um, my initial idea is to do War Maiden, which, you know, that's the uh, uh, adds 400 weapon uh, or spell damage uh, to your uh, magicka abilities. So just magic, buff. magic damage. I think it's magic, magic damage. Yes, abilities. magic damage ability. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and so that's straight buff to jabs. And then I'm going to uh, use the new crafted set spell parasite. Uh, so oh, okay. what, what this does, the five piece on this is whenever you deal damage, you restore 63 magicka. And this effect can occur once every 0.25 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so that seems like perfect for jabs. Perfect for jabs, it seems like. Uh, so, you know, that's like what 20 2400 magicka with one jabs um so kind of that's kind of where my focus is i don't entirely know if i want to try to fit a mythic item in there or just go with a regular classic uh monster set i haven't really uh dove deep enough for that um but it's kind of interesting just kind of thinking about that it it really got me thinking about these mythic items they're they're really really great um, but they did such a good job of how great these mythic items are. They're not so great that you have to have them. I mean, it's, it's oh, yeah. they've really created this like difficult decision of, all right, do I want to do a mythic item or do I want to keep um, a monster set? Um, and yeah. it's really, it's really almost even. Um, you can make it work both ways. It's just a, it's a, it's a new option that you have to kind of get your build where you want it. You know, you just have these, this new way of just kind of shifting the pieces and getting it all just really dialed into where you want it. It's just like that with, with the base crit resistance um, we've talked about before. This, this is my favorite patch in a long time, just because it's giving players so many new options, no, so many new ways to get their builds just the way they like them. And, mm-hmm. and it can still be viable and still be totally competitive. Yeah. Uh, really, really, really bravo. For all the, you know, any uh, issues that there may be with this patch performance-wise or, you know, anything like that, I think in terms of balance and just player choice and how they put their builds together, 
Uh, this is one of the best patches in a very long time. Once again, the noon siren uh, is going off. It's uh, it's not an actual emergency. They test the tornado sirens every Saturday. I feel like I have to acknowledge it every time because <laughs> if someone's listening for the first time, they're like, what? am I going crazy? What is this noise? Um, we're, we actually intended to re- start recording much earlier so as to avoid the siren, uh, but we had a, a scheduling issue this morning, didn't we, Davius? <laughs> <laughs> we had a... A slight scheduling mishap. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> hopefully the next episode there will be no siren and uh, yeah. yes, we should have sirens fixed going forward. That should be <laughs> that should be a, a fix going forward. That's that's our bug fix going forward. Yeah, people start um, write, writing in. Uh, I miss the siren. Where's the siren? Yeah. <laughs> you guys remember when there used to be sirens? Um. So uh. So yeah. So pretty. Pretty huge changes that Davis is going to be. He's still going to be, you know. Back I can't believe field. it. I know it's crazy. I can't. I couldn't believe it. This guy's you know, been a pure healer since day one. Yeah, he has. He's he's been a healer most of the time. He's going to be out there killing people. I'm not going to. It's like I'm going to have to cover my eyes. Like Davis, <laughs> who is this guy? What happened to him? <laughs> you know, he's just he finally hit that age where he's just getting fed up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Magplar. I mean. Magplar is incredibly powerful as an offensive uh, spec, so I think you're, you'll probably have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, and I, it'll be a pretty easy transition because, I mean, you know, on this character, I literally have 90% of the skills unlocked and leveled up. Now, have uh, you considered um, Stu's favor, toppling charge? I I have contemplated it, uh, you know. Shout out Stu's goons. Um, <laughs> but I'm... I'm I'm going to try the setup that I have. Yeah, you like this idea. I get you. But uh but Stunes is is has on the list of possibilities of it I I like the idea of Davius rocking Stunes full time. I mean that would be <laughs> yeah. it's pretty great. Yeah, that would be nice. Um so other things. This one is kind of uh this one's kind of a damp uh, you know, a damper, but uh the the official the never ignored the vampire necro build uh I'm 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 just kind of Putting it on pause, putting it on the shelf for now. You'll um, just figure something else out later, I guess. Yeah, I I have really I've done enough testing and tinkering now that uh, it's it's really just kind of comes down to a simple issue. It's if I if I utilize the vampire um, damage buff toggle ability, um, his damage gets in the right place, but it is incredibly difficult to try to stay alive because it just constantly is ticking up more damage hitting you uh and if i don't use that ability then i actually can be pretty tanky and great survivability uh but there's just no damage uh on the build um and then you know we've talked in the past is that without that damage ability that with the vampire toolkit and really what i was going with this build going full on vampire with the vampire lord set um, they just they don't have a burst ability. They have the spammable, and they have some other great abilities, but they just don't have a heavy hitting ability. Um, yeah, it's not really an option to be like a pure vampire and be effective. Yeah. So I'm the I'm gonna kind of shelve the build for now. Maybe some changes will come out in the future, and I'll uh, tinker with it, or maybe I'll come up with some new ideas. But for now, it's kind of paused. Still have the character. Uh, still love the name. Still like the look yeah. of the character. So uh, we'll just—I'll just have to uh, f- to pick it back up again somewhere down the road. 
Yeah, it's just that particular build may not be it, but you may come up with some other idea that totally rocks. But I, I got to say, and we said we talked about it a little bit in the BG report uh, last weekend, but uh, I'm just not seeing a lot of really powerful vampires. I'm see, I am seeing some vampires, but I'm. It's not. I'm. It's never a situation where I'm like, you know, frightened or like, oh my gosh, there's a yeah. vampire. I better be careful. There's. It's yeah. never anything like that. Well, I think it. I think it just kind of comes down to that they their abilities. They kind of have some cool utility, so you can kind of see some possibilities there. But you just can't. You're either gonna you're gonna be the most glass cannon ever, or you're just you just don't have to worry about them dealing damage. It's just kind of either or. Yeah. And so it just doesn't quite work out yet. At least in a at least in a PvP. Uh, that's that's mainly what I'm referring to is in a PvP environment. I don't know. Maybe in PVE, there's a way to make to make it work, but. Um, well, I'm sure there's a way to make it viable, but like to make it competitive, like that's the thing is, is there a, a real like competitive edge or like a real reason you would really want to be a vampire? And, um, you know, I'm just not sure that that exists right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's it, it it's kind of missing. Um, it feels like it's missing something. Yeah. So that's kind of why I say I'm shelving. I'll, I'll see kind of what changes will go forward, and, and we'll go from there. Um, and then, you know, we had we had a great, well, I say great. It was fun that we did, you know, had a goon night last night in Imperial <laughs> City. Uh, maybe great won't describe the fights uh, so much, but uh, I was on my Stam Sork. Yeah, you were on Stam Sork, and I kind of switched between a few different characters. Uh, yep. It was fun. It's just Imperial City is a it's a different beast now than it was a few weeks ago. You know, it's a yes. it's a different place. I mean, it's always been hopping on a Friday night or a Saturday night, but it's it's a whole new level now. Um, uh, it was. I will have to. I do have to point out. It was pretty funny. Um, I Caliban, our you know our guest from last week. Yeah, uh, Caliban from Adastra. He they actually the Adastra Guild was uh, down there doing a full guild Imperial City run. Uh, we run EP. They were actually on AD. And so we actually ran in, the two of us ran into them a couple times. Uh, and just... It didn't go what well a, for us. What a terrifying Zerg of just a massive amount of very talented PvP players. Yeah, and we're talking like 20 to 30 people in this Zerg, right? Yeah. And the thing, the thing about Zergs most of the time is that the vast majority of them are fairly inexperienced players, and that's why they're in a Zerg, because safety and numbers. Right. But not the case here, man. <laughs> Every single one of these players are, like, seasoned, hardened oh, veterans. Yeah. Like, any one of them could probably smoke us 1v1, uh, but there's 30 of them. So it was just like, man, no fun allowed, right? These it guys was, just had the whole map shut down. It was it was intense. <laughs> it was like, watch when you watched it from a distance, it was like this swarm of locusts that just was like, just annihilating anything in its path. And it was, they stayed together as a group. It was, uh, it was impressive to watch. Um, depressing to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they actually, you know, that wasn't the whole night. We actually... Um, did quite a few fights. I have to point out that um, I made a final slight change to the Sam Sork. You actually recommended this. Just a simple change. Uh, switched the Torque of Tonal Constancy, the neck piece, to Infused uh, to okay. get a little bit more weapon damage. And man, that is the final 
finishing piece on that build and that it little is little extra just, sauce you needed oh man it is fantastic it got my weapon damage up to around 43 4400 yeah everything about nice. that build is just it is a fine-tuned machine right now heck yeah yeah that's uh that's how i'm uh, feeling about my stamplar which i'll talk about shortly um but yeah that's pretty much what i've been up to uh what about you oh well i guess i'll talk about it right now then. <laughs> boom uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I also finished, well, I finished the Greymore main quest. I didn't finish the zones. I still actually have quite a ways to go uh, on 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 all of that. Uh, but I did finish the main story. I thought it was really, really good. Just like you said, a very well-told story. And just the journey getting there was fun. Uh, the, the NPCs were more uh, enjoyable, more like more believable as characters than ever, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it, was, it was really fun. I really just in, enjoyed the story quite a bit. And you know, I think maybe it was a little predictable. I saw some of the twists coming, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. You know, I still I still feel like it was well told, and it was a it was a it was a good time for sure. <laughs> Listen, I want to hear you say that you love Nords right now. You say it. Now. <laughs> uh, I, they're an, they're an excellent PvP class or, or race. I mean. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I'm still going to be chipping away at that content. I do want 100% that zone and everything because I really do enjoy the atmosphere and the vibe of uh, of the whole uh, expansion. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be hanging out there quite a bit more. Uh, I'm getting my antiquities leveled up. I'm level nine on my antiquities. So I'm it's like getting from nine to ten seems to take like. 10 times as long as getting from one to nine. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like doing it twice over. It seems like yeah. Uh, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, and then besides that, I've just been working on a lot of builds and doing a lot of PVP and stuff. Uh, so I just talked about um, Betsy, my stamina Templar, and I feel like I need to take a moment and explain <laughs> what's going on here. Take a drink of water. <laughs> Preparation. Drum roll. You want me to give a drum roll here? Deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, on the last episode, I cracked a joke that this was the third time that I said that this build is finished here on the podcast, right? Uh, and, uh, and I had made the video. I put it on YouTube. It, it was out there, and I, I did do that. Um, but then basically the next day, uh, I, I pieced together, frankly, a much, much superior version of the build. Uh, just... Not not even a comparison. And the previous version of the build I thought was fine. It was good. It was, I was getting great results with it. Um, but this new version, I'm telling you, it's it's next level. Uh, and this is my favorite character. This is my main. So I want to make sure that I'm absolutely doing her justice, absolutely showing the best possible version of this character uh, that I can. Um, so I took the build video down. Uh, the one that I put up last weekend, uh, and I'm working on making another one. Now that the setup has changed, I, ha I, I have some transmuting to get to do once again. Uh, but once all that's done, I'll remake that video. It's going to be better than ever, uh, and I'm really excited about it. And just a quick preview, it's a five pieces bone pirate, five pieces deadly strikes on the front bar with a master bow on the back bar. Uh, still got the Ring of the Wild Hunt and a One Piece Molag Kenna or Bloodspawn, depending on if I feel like I need more uh, recovery or damage. Um, so I'm still on the fence with that one. Uh, but that's pretty much what the what the build is looking like. Uh, Deadly Strikes, super duper popular um, Stamplar set for sure. Uh, and I honestly, I normally try to stay kind of away from sets that are basically the meta because 
you know, that's already established, that's already been done, and I'm trying to find like other interesting creative build ideas. Um, but the thing is, I put this set on, and now it won't release me. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's I, I consumed you. <laughs> I can't take it off. It makes my jabs so strong. I can't believe it. And what's really nice too is I'm not really having to sacrifice the build. I'm not having to sacrifice the play style. Uh, and that's the beauty of this patch that I was talking about earlier. Um, nothing about what I love about how this character plays has, has been sacrificed at all. She's still speedier, faster than she's ever been. She has more sustain than she's ever had. Uh, and she has more damage than she's ever had. So it's just it's just a better version of the same old build that I've been loving this whole time. Yeah. I think the biggest piece to it is just how much harder that build hits now from it hits so from the previous harder. patch is that, uh, you know, it's always been, it's always been, you know, it's, you've been your favorite build. It's always been effective. Um, and it's been kind of strategic about picking your fights. And now I feel like it's like exact same quickness speed, but it, you know, it'll take on anybody <laughs> with the yeah. damage and heavy hitting it does. Yeah, with the the master bow, uh, it's it's an infused master bow with a weapon damage glyph. So you hit someone with your poison injection, and that's like seven hundred and eighty weapon damage that you have against that person now. Uh, and then you get those jabs that are being uh, empowered by the deadly strikes set, and and it's overwhelming. Um, so yeah, uh, the the revised uh, stamina templar build will will be forthcoming. I've also been spending a little bit of time on a Stamina Necromancer bow build, and I've mentioned this in the past, um, but I've been working on it a little more. He's got the Snow Treaders. He's using a Swamp Raider set, which buffs your uh, disease and poison damage. It gives like 400 weapon damage to all your disease and poison damage abilities, and that's all he has in his kit. That's all of his damage is poison and disease. Um, he's using the Black Rose Prison Bow on the front bar and a Potentate's Greatsword on the back bar. And I won't do a deep dive on that build right now because I'm still uh, uh, tinkering with things and figuring stuff out. It's going to be a little bit before he's totally ready to be unveiled. Uh, but that's kind of the idea that I'm working <laughs> with. Uh, the Swamp Raider with the Black Rose Prison Bow is kind of the main thing there that I'm trying to get some good results out of. And then I'm experimenting with like agility jewelry and a one-piece monster set. I have to, I have to say that uh of course the ring of the wild hunt it's your favorite mythic item that's but i feel like you have the most fun with the snow treaders this the snow treaders is awesome because you can just you can run straight through a zerg and they and they can't stop you <laughs> you know like you. you can just go straight on through uh all their aoe and everything and if you have some uh some speed built in that doesn't rely on sprints you know you can move you can still move faster than most players uh and especially considering that you can't be snared in anything so it is really fun kind of trolly and he actually does hit fairly hard uh, but that's the thing i'm trying to work on is, is just how to get the damage higher because i feel like there are certain fights that uh, uh that i've tried with that guy that just are unwinnable so i, I need to I think i need to get that damage a little higher uh, and then I've been spending quite a lot of time with one more build, and this is my Magicka Necromancer um, healer support build for PvP. And I've, I've mentioned it before in the past. I've been working on it for uh, a little while, uh, and now it is completely finished. I have all the pieces done. Everything's transmuted, golded out. It's all it's all there, and it's it's an awesome build. Um, so we're gonna do kind of. Um, kind of a spotlight on this build here today. We're going to kind of dive deep into this one. 
Uh, but before we do, I'm going to kind of um, explain this new idea that we're trying out here. And I definitely want to get uh, listeners' feedback and uh, hear what people think about this idea, see if they think it works or whatever, because it's just something we want to try. If it works well, maybe we'll keep doing it. If not, we'll reconsider. But I think it could be a cool idea. Um, so the idea is basically whenever we have uh, a build that's ready that uh, we want to make a bit a video for, and it could be a build, a build that Davius or myself makes, uh, then we'll make it like a, a featured segment on the podcast here and we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about it like kind of in depth. Um, and then we'll, we'll lift the audio from that segment and use that as the voiceover for the build video on YouTube. Uh, and then the video would still be the same, like I would still have the, the Battlegrounds footage and the, the graphic overlays to, to illustrate all, what I'm talking about. Um, I think it could be interesting uh, and uh, it'll help me, you know, save time because we're knocking two birds out with one stone. We're recording podcast content and it doubles as build video content. And, you know, believe it or not, I do have a day job and a personal life and I don't have a ton of time to work on these things. So uh, <laughs> How dare any you? <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, I can kind of save time like that. I think is going to be uh, a good thing. Uh, and I just genuinely think it'll be a cool uh, thing to talk about uh, on the podcast. We love talking about theory craft and builds and yep. stuff like that. So it, it seems to make perfect sense. Um, okay, so let's get into it. This is a Magicka Necromancer uh, PvP healer support build. Uh, we'll just talk about the, the non-CP setup here, uh, but there will be links in the description for uh, the non-CP and the CP setup. Uh, and I'll also do a, like an alternate uh, an alternate gear selection as well, because the, the gear in this build can be kind of difficult to get a hold of. Um, so I'll, I'll have some, some options there. And the idea for the build, so flavor-wise, um, my idea for a, ne a magic and necromancer, when I think of how they would support their allies, um, the way I think they would primarily go about doing that would be really by weakening and hindering their enemies. Uh, and so that's kind of a big focus of this build. There's a lot of very powerful debuffs and crowd control and ways to just generally make life miserable for, for any enemies that are nearby. Uh, and then at the same time, we have these massive, like, through-the-roof heals as well. Um, so our, our allies are taking way less damage, and then the damage that they do take, they're, they're recovering from it very quickly because we have all these heals going around. You really get a really great feel of you're taking away from your enemies and giving to your allies. And so it really is this taking from them, giving to the allies, uh, really feeds into that, that idea that you're talking about there. Yeah, it's very necromancer-y, for sure, yeah. <laughs> Patting that word right now. <laughs> uh, and so I think for those reasons, it's actually an excellent build uh, for this patch uh, because, you know, this patch damage is way, way up uh, and healing has been nerfed at the same time. Uh, and so you can make life a lot easier on your allies by having this build around because you're you're like I just said you're reducing a lot of the damage that they're taking in uh, and you're giving them an overabundance of healing uh, plus all the crowd control and stuff it really honestly for a healer build this feels like the most abusive build that I've ever played <laughs> as a healer uh, even though I'm not really doing much damage at all, but just you can see any enemies that are nearby, they're just struggling against all this CC and they're weak, they're doing hardly any damage. Uh, and it's just, it's a real struggle for them. 
The race is Argonian, mainly for the extra healing done, and I'm also using the Ritual Mundus Stone uh, for even more healing done, and that's kind of a consistent theme throughout the build. We're just going to be stacking that healing done stat uh, as high as we can. For the consumables, I'm using just regular tri-stat food and spell power potions. Uh, and for the stats, uh, again, I'll put a link to the UESP build uh, in the description uh, so you can take a look at the stats there. I will just mention, you'll notice that the spell damage is very, very low. And that's because we're not investing in spell damage whatsoever uh, in this build. Uh, anywhere where we would invest in spell damage, we're instead investing in healing done or magic or recovery. That's, that's the focus here. So it truly is uh, strictly a support and healing build. So it's a Mighty Chudan uh, Mending, aka the Healing Mage set, uh, and Critical Riposte. So it's just a classic 5-5-2 setup. No mythic items, no arena weapons, or anything like that. Uh, but the, the gear can be pretty difficult to get a hold of. Uh, Mighty Chudan uh, drops from the final bus, boss of uh, Veteran Ruins of Mazatum, which is a DLC dungeon. Uh, the Healing Mage set comes from Ethereum Archive, which is a 12-player trial in, in Craglorn. Uh, and Critical Repost is a, uh, a Cyrodiil crafted set. Uh, if you happen to be uh, in the Aldemiri Dominion, then you'll have a pretty easy time getting a hold of this. Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, it could be hard to get a hold of because it is located deep, deep, deep in AD territory. Um, so yeah, for that reason, I'll have an alternate gear selection uh, as well for using stuff that's a little easier to get a hold of. I'm using five light, one medium, one heavy. All seven pieces are divines. Uh, and we can get away with wearing seven divines really easily because of this critical repost set. Um, so the two through four piece bonuses of this set alone give you enough critical resistance so that you don't need to worry about um, critical resistance at all anywhere else in your build. So you don't need any M-Pen. Uh, remember, our characters were given uh, base critical resistance this patch. Uh, so just with that and the two through four pieces, we have more crit resist than we had last patch already. Um, so we can just stack that divines, go seven divines, and pump up that healing moondus as much as possible. Uh, and then the five-piece bonus on top of that, um, when it procs, it reduces your enemy's critical strike chance and critical damage uh, by 10%, so even more critical mitigation. Uh, and this critical mitigation applies to the rest of your team, right? Because it's a debuff that you're applying to that enemy. Uh, so they're going to be they're they're going to be critting less often, and their crits are going to hit less hard, no matter who they hit. Uh, so this is basically eliminating the crit bonuses that Nightblades, Templars, and Khajiit get from their from their passives. You know, so if you're fighting against one of those people, you're just straight up removing one of the things that gives them an edge. I think that works extra good too, because as a healer and hitting these strong heals, uh, this character, you know, you, I've, I've run with this character. I see you get focused, and so you're just saying thank you, like yes, please do come hit me, so you can yeah. can you can spread that debuff. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about that here just a little bit, but that's absolutely part of the strategy. You're, you're, you're trying to draw the attention of people. Um, it's a very easy proc with a really high uptime, um, and the cooldown is per target. So you can have this debuff active on multiple targets at once. Um, so it's a really, really great set. Um, Mighty Chudan, we've talked about this before, Davius. Uh, this is just a really great set on any character, on any build that you feel like you have too many things to juggle, too many timers, too many cooldowns you're trying to keep track of. That is absolutely the case on this build, I can tell you. Uh, so having uh, 
not having to worry about an armor buff, just getting that at all times from Mighty Chew Dan, and it's just always there. I can just forget about it. It really goes a really long way, especially, you know, your armor buff is really important. You, you definitely don't want to let that drop off. Uh, and the fact that I can just forget about it and, and just know that it's there and I can just focus on keeping my team alive, keeping my enemies debuffed, keeping my crowd control on the ground. Um, big fan of Mighty Chew Dan. Yeah, it's a great set. And even the, you know, the one piece of the 1487 armor and the two piece adding 1206 max health. Uh, those are both great, great extras to uh, permanent major resolve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Mending, a.k.a. the Healing Mage. And I always say Mending, a.k.a. the Healing Mage because depending on like what website you're searching on or where you're searching in the game or whatever... It's like it's it searches for one of those two terms, uh, and so it's sometimes you'll find it one way, sometimes you'll find it the other way. Uh, so I always say both names because it's it's a weirdly named set. <laughs> Um, so the five-piece bonus of this set, whenever you cast an AoE healing ability, you reduce the weapon damage of nearby enemies uh, for 430 for three seconds. Now, uh, three seconds is a very short duration, but with the right rotation, you can keep a pretty high uptime very easily. And we'll talk a little bit later about exactly how to do that. Um, and 430 weapon damage reduction. I mean, that basically negates the damage bonus uh, of New Moon Acolyte for stamina builds. Yeah. Uh, and it is worth noting that the, the debuff uh, does not apply to spell damage, so it doesn't really affect Magicka builds. Um, but this set only has a 10 meter range anyway, and the biggest threats that are within that range are probably going to be stamina brawlers spamming dizzy, dizzying swing. Yeah. So the people that it matters for the most, it's applying to them. Well, and it works really well, too, because right now, you know, stamina is really popular and, you know, is doing really well right now. Uh, but even, you know, you talk about New Moon, uh, this really reduces um, a lot of damage sets out there. You know, Sword Singers, uh, Automaton, this basically just erases those five-piece bonus from those sets. Yeah, or imagine if someone's just using, like, Hunting's Rage. It takes them even, it takes more, it takes away more damage than Hunting Rage is giving them. Yeah. Um, the jewelry, all three pieces are infused with Magicka recovery glyphs, uh, and then the weapons on the front bar, I'm using a charged frost staff with a frost enchantment, uh, and on the back bar, it's a powered resto staff with a weakening enchantment. So we'll talk about the skill bars. Um, so on the front bar, the main two abilities that you want to focus on are Wall of Frost and the Remote Totem. These are your two main CC abilities. Uh, and basically, these two abilities combined give you complete ownership over whatever <laughs> piece of ground you happen to be standing on. It belongs to you and no one can take it from you. Um, Wall of Frost will snare your enemies, it'll slow them down, uh, plus it has a very high chance to apply the chilled status effect, uh, so that's going to immobilize them and apply minor maim, so again, further reducing the amount of damage that they're able to do. Plus we're using uh, the charged trait uh, and a frost glyph on the staff, so that even further increases our chances to apply that chilled status effect, so it's nearly guaranteed. You put that Wall of Frost down on someone, they're going to get that chilled status effect almost every time. Um, and so combined with the fear totem, uh, all nearby enemies are getting snared, immobilized, maimed, and feared on cooldown. So they basically, 
They just don't want anything to do with that and they'll almost always back off immediately. Uh, and that's when you and your team turn and push and keep pushing into them and keep dropping these AOEs on top of them. And you're basically just keeping them on the back foot at all times. They can never kind of get a leg to stand on and you just maintain the upper hand the entire time. That's why I say that it feels downright abusive even though you're not really <laughs> doing that much damage. Uh, you're creating this kind of disaster zone situation where your, your enemies just don't know what to do. Another important ability on the front bar is Blast Bones. Now this is an offensive ability uh, and it doesn't do a ton of damage because we're not really specced into damage. Uh, but this along with the Flaming Skull, it can serve as a good enough deterrent if someone tries starts trying to focus you. You know, once they realize that you're pretty hard to kill, plus they're having to deal with all this CC you're throwing around uh, and you're throwing a little bit of damage at them, you know, a lot of the time they're just gonna say, you know what, never mind. Uh, and just go find someone else. <laughs> so even though it's not much damage, the fact that it's any at all that you're just throwing back at someone uh, is, a, is a pretty good deterrent. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It works It works well as the deterrent and as a group. It, it works really well as with the amount of heals and support and debuff it's doing. It does just enough, uh, just enough damage to kind of uh, take a group over the top. Yeah, just a little bit of like supplemental damage to help your, your DDs uh, get those kills. Yeah. Uh, but the real reason for using Blast Bones is that it generates a corpse. And we'll talk about why that's important in a minute, but basically you just want to have corpses around, right? You're a necromancer. Uh, and then Race Against Time, of course. It's a Magicka build, so it's got to have Race Against Time. That's, <laughs> that's requirement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It gives you Major Expedition and Snare and Root Immunity, both in one low-cost skill. Uh, it's just the most valuable skill in the game for a Magicka, build, for a Magicka uh, spec, in my opinion. Um, so definitely, and especially for a Necromancer who has zero mobility otherwise, uh, I think that it's absolutely not optional. you got to have this ability. And then for the front bar ultimate, I'm using uh, the Colossus ultimate, and I'm using the Stamina Morph because it applies that major vulnerability, and that's what we're really wanting. Uh, the damage is actually pretty decent. I feel like the damage is pretty big no matter what kind of character you put it on, even a healer. Um, but it's really the debuff that I'm really interested in, that major vulnerability. On the back bar, we have Braided Tether. Uh, this, is a, this is an ability that consumes that corpse we just made to provide a strong AoE heal over time and it's free to cast. As long as you have a corpse around, um, you can cast it uh, and it doesn't cost anything. Um, it also, just by having it slotted, it gives us an extra 3% healing done. Uh, and so that's on top of our uh, Argonian passive, our Ritual Mundus, our Healing Mage four-piece bonus, our Powered Resto Staff, our Curative Curse passive. Uh, it's a grand total of 45% bonus healing, basically at all times. Uh, unless, you know, maybe you don't have that curative curse passive active, in which case it's 37% bonus healing all the time. And the full divine gear. Yeah, well, that goes into the the, the ritual mundus. So yeah. uh, it's 15% healing done instead of 10% healing done because I have the divine's gear. So yeah, you'll have minimum 30, 37% bonus healing at all times, and you'll <laughs> usually have 45% bonus healing at all, at all times. Uh, if you have a, a negative effect on you. Uh, we also have Illustrious Healing, Radiating Regeneration, and the Intensive Mender. These are your uh, heal over time abilities, and you basically just want to try to keep these up at all times during combat, and as long as you do, your teammates are basically going to have a very difficult time dying. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
I think the the biggest part to this one, and this is really stealing your words, but the intensive mender uh, is basically dropping a breath of life every two seconds without you even having to think or worry about it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I did want to talk about the intensive mender specifically for a second. So if if you're ever in a situation where it's like a panic emergency situation and you need to you need to cast some ability and you're trying to prioritize what's the most important ability that I can that I can cast right now. It's your intensive mender. That's the one that you want to have active all the time no matter what. This thing like Davius just said, it basically tosses out the equivalent of a breath of life every 2 seconds. Uh, it's a it's a smart heal, so it just automatically targets whoever needs it, and it, and it gives them this huge burst heal. Uh, it costs very very little. It also can serve as a body block uh, if it's between you and somebody trying to target you. They can hit your mender instead. Um, so it's a really great it's a really great ability. I love the fact that I can just I can summon it and then just go line of sight or go pay attention to something else and just trust that that mender is is looking out and doing work. Uh, I also have Resistant Flesh, and this is my main burst heal, uh, and I say main, uh, which implies that I use it a lot, but I really actually hardly ever use this ability, because the, the heals over time uh, are so strong, they're usually sufficient, and by the time I'm thinking, like I'm, I'm reaching to cast this ability, oh, it's too late, they're already full, of, full health now, so I don't, I don't actually need to cast it. Um, but once in a while you do need it uh, to bring someone just from the, the brink of death. You do need to, to have a really strong burst heal. Uh, and this is a really, really powerful heal. When you're fully buffed, the tooltip is like around uh, 11,000 or so. Um, so really strong. Yeah. Uh, and then we're using the Resto Staff Ultimate uh, Life Giver. And that's just our emergency bailout. Uh, give us a second chance if your team is about to die or even just like one person is about to die. Um, this one ultimate right here basically guarantees that they're they're going to stay alive at least for a few more seconds, especially if you have your Incense of Minder up at the same time. They're getting that on top of it, and they basically just can't die. It works really well too, and if you're you know if you're in a, a intense group fight, you get a, an enemy team kind of do an ult dump. Uh, this is fantastic for trying to survive through that. Great ultimate. Um, so as I mentioned before, there is a bit of a skill rotation, and you know, of course, in PvP, it's not always possible to pull off a perfect rotation every time. There's a lot going on, a lot of in-the-moment decisions you have to make. Uh, and for like damage builds, we don't even really call it a rotation, right? We usually use the word combo instead, because it's a more like accurate description. Uh, but this build actually does use a fairly set rotation uh, to make sure that we're applying all of our hots and CCs on cooldown and just to make sure that um, the, our debuffs has as high an uh, uptime as possible. Um, so it might not always be possible to do this exact rotation, uh, you know, depending on what's going on, but in general you should always be trying to kind of default back to this sequence as much as you can. So you'll start on your front bar and cast Blast Bones, and that's just to make sure that you're going to have a corpse available here in just a few seconds. Uh, then you lay down your Remote Totem and your Wall of Frost, then swap to the back bar and cast Illustrious Healing, and that's going to be the first time that we proc that Healing Mage debuff. Then we cast Braided Tether to consume that Blast Bones corpse we just made. Uh, then we summon the Intensive Mender, and at this point that Healing Mage debuff is already about to expire. So then we cast Radiating Regen uh, to refresh it. Uh, and so these are our two abilities that proc Healing Mage. It's Radiating Regen and Illustrious Healing. Those are the two abilities that we have that will proc this set. 
Um, and so that's why they're kind of spaced out in the rotation, just to make sure that we're refreshing that debuff at a, at a nice consistent interval throughout the rotation. And so, yeah, after you cast Radiating Regen, just flip back to your front bar and start, start over again with Blast Modes. So I'll just do a recap of that just to kind of make it a little more concise. So you start on the front bar and do Blast Bones, Remote Totem, Wall of Frost, flip to the back bar and do Illustrious Healing, Braided Tether, Intensive Mender, Radiating Regen, then start over on the front bar. So really not that hard with a little bit of practice, uh, it, it can be pretty simple. Uh, and if you need to do a heavy attack to restore some resources, I recommend doing that right after uh, Illustrious Healing. Lay that on the ground, then do your heavy attack right before you do the, the Braided Tether. Um, and I also wanted to talk a little bit more about critical repose. Davius, you and I were, you, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, um, but the idea to get the most out of this set and to get the most out of your class passives, uh, you want to be up in the fray of combat. Uh, you want to go uh, find, you basically want to get hit with enemy AoE. That's your goal. Um, so you have plenty of heals to survive it, so don't worry about that. Uh, it's not going to be a problem to, to stay alive. Um, and so what you want to do is, when there's a fight, don't hang back and try to heal your team from afar. Go stand up in that fight, lay your AoEs and all your heals down on the ground. Um, and you know, you think about, you have Stam Sorks with Hurricane, uh, or, or just Sorcerers in general with their, their Lightning form. You have uh, Dragon Knights with their Spiked Armor, they're going to be hitting you with that. Um, you have Wardens with their Sub Assault. Uh, you know, basically almost everyone has some sort of like passive AoE that's going on all the time. They're going to be hitting you without even meaning to, and they're going to be proccing this debuff. Um, and at the same time, probably a lot of those things are going to be applying some sort of negative effect to you, like the burning status effect or fracture or something like that. Uh, and so that's going to proc your curative curse passive and increase the amount of healing that you're giving to your team overall. So. You know, it seems counterintuitive, but those are good things. You want to be you want to be getting hit with the AOE. You want to be getting those negative effects applied to you. You have more than enough healing to survive it, and your team as a whole is going to be benefiting from it. So anyway, that's that. Um, so yeah, this is the first time we're trying this new sort of format, a new segment on the podcast, and a new way of uh, doing a build video. And um, I think it's going to work okay because I think it was mostly still pretty like focused and on the point we didn't really meander too much uh i feel like it might work all right yeah um but i would love to hear uh feedback from from listeners of the podcast or anyone watching the video just make a comment or send an email to scrollinpodcast at gmail.com uh let me know what you think um and I, i'd love to take that feedback and you know make adjustments based on that um no emails this week we were on a we were on a roll there for a while there were like three <laughs> weeks in a row in a row <laughs> we where a we had some actual emails to read uh, but none this week. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do that uh, at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrolling with an I-N, no G. Um, uh, you can, you know, give us any corrections if we were just wrong about something uh, or if you have any questions or anything you'd like to hear us talk about. Tell us a funny joke, whatever, really whatever you want. Just want to say hi. That's fine, too. Uh, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. I think that's going to be the end of the episode. Kind of a short one this week. Not a lot of news, and we've just been kind of getting into Graybar, and we don't really want to uh, spoil a lot of story stuff. So I think we ought to keep that as um, as short and sweet as possible. Yep. Uh, anything so. to add, Davis, before we say goodbye? Uh, you know, I just got to say, you know, if you see this stampede of people running around, it's probably Stoon's goons. 
uh, <laughs> they should join up. I'll, I'll leave the, the recruitment to you, but. Uh... Oh yeah. Stude's goods. Uh, th <laughs> thank you for the reminder. Uh, let's see. We have a guild. It's called Stude's goons. If you'd like to be a member of that, uh, you can send us an email at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up in game at Kit Sparrowhawk or at star jumper. Uh, we'll get you invited in there, get you your free set of students favor, uh, take you uh, on a goon night, show you what it's all about. It's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, um, I think that's it. I think that's the end of the episode, right? I think so. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>